Hey, this is Sherry Harmel. And before we get into the show, I want to invite you to join the VIP waitlist for my new book, Designing Your Fabulous Next Chapter. Just like the show, this workbook and journal will help you overcome the challenges on your journey to finding your joie de vivre. Go to www.extraordinarywomenmagazine.com to sign up now. Welcome, everyone. I'm your host, Sherry Harmel, and today we are talking about what Paris taught me about slow living. But first, maybe you're unfamiliar with the term slow living. Well, slow living is all about returning to the simpler, the more basic things in life, while getting rid of really what doesn't make us happy, that just hangs around in wherever and however we spend our time. Slow living is about having balance in our lives, being intentional about focusing in on what it is that is truly essential to us. It's a yearning for something different in our next chapter, homes and lifestyles. Yet what most of us pursue are external experiences and things to fill what we think might be missing from our lives and what maybe we assume is keeping us from feeling happy every day of our lives. We get busier by putting more and more on our calendars. We buy things that we believe are the solution, whether it's a bigger house or apartment, a trip, a car, the perfect purse, or even the perfect partner. We convince ourselves that more is better. And yet, most of the time, if you're like me, after the experience is over, the purchase is made, we get the job, we find ourselves in what we thought was the perfect relationship, we are left feeling empty. So slow living, my friends, is really about embracing yourself, being honest with yourself, understanding yourself, And it is then that you can make the choices and decisions that truly fuel your happiness. Now, don't be hard on yourself. I want to emphasize that. It took me five years after my divorce to stop chasing happiness and to slow down enough to embrace all the happiness that living slow could create for me. And I have to share that living in Paris opened my eyes up to slow living because life in Paris is simpler. In every aspect of life here, it is quality over quantity. Whether it's the food that you eat, the clothes that you purchase, the activities you engage in every single day, you know, how you spend your precious time, your self-care, it's all intentional, it's all present, and it truly is a foundation to slow living. Everything here is about less, starting with the apartment. If I could show you, you'd see how small my apartment is. We all know that even though we've lived or we do live currently in big houses, especially in America, we usually only walk into a free a couple of, of rooms, right? We use only a few of those rooms in that big house. Now in Paris, I only have those few rooms. 
There are no rooms waiting for guests to arrive, maybe twice a year. There are no rooms just for storage. No places where I can put excess clothing or shoes. In Paris, and also in Boston, because I live in a rather small apartment condo in Boston, I am forced to be creative as to how I utilize space. And I'm sharing this with you because I think this is part of slow living. Slow living is a concept, and this is about, okay, how do I take that concept and apply it step-by-step in my home? Well, honestly, I have found built-ins to be my answer. The backs of closet doors, the blank spaces above toilets, the increased storage that you get when you have a closed kitchen versus an open kitchen. These are all new ways of imagining and applying the slow living movement. I'll give you an example. There was a huge open space above all the toilets in my Boston Seaport apartment. And two of these bathrooms were absolutely huge. They had these large empty spaces. Now, I had a carpenter, a very talented carpenter, build cabinets above each toilet that were just deep enough for the extra rolls of toilet paper and shampoo bottles. I did the same thing in my Paris apartment. In Boston, there was a wall that divided my kitchen from the front entry. At the end of it, it was just, I added it cabinet that was just wide enough for spice jars. It kind of became part of the architecture, but now I can open those doors and see all of my spices. And as I mentioned, I don't like open kitchens and the apartment that I bought in Paris had an open kitchen. It's one big, huge room. What I did is I enclosed the kitchen. I put up a wall between the kitchen and the main salon, as they call it here. And suddenly in the kitchen, I had a whole area where I could put upper cabinets to create more storage. Fun, fun, fun. Closet doors create another fun solution. Back in Boston, I had this 36 inch wide, super wide closet door. And when that opened into the closet, it actually removed all of or made any storage behind that door impossible. I replaced that 36 inch big door with two narrower doors, which suddenly gave me twice the amount of closet wall space that I had had before. So that's what I mean. Be creative. Think about different ways that you could create more space and space that could be used in multiple different ways. The one thing I have to mention, because this doesn't have to be super expensive, because what changes just a normal cabinet, an Ikea cabinet, even particle board cabinet into something that's actually gorgeous is hardware. Now, I buy some hardware, and you can get some very reasonably priced that is new, but I also go to consignment shops in America or brocants in Paris. I have beautiful hardware all over my Paris apartment that I had purchased at the Saint-Juan Pousse. It's secondhand, it's old. The hardware is actually probably 18th century. 
and it makes everything you attach it to look beautiful, look luxury, luxurious, look elegant, fantastic. So hardware makes the cabinet. And an important ingredient I have to say to slow living is about recycling, about reusing, about repurposing. And that's what you're doing. So the next thing is that truly slow living also includes the valuing of your social community, that community that physically surrounds you wherever you live. Now, I'm not talking about your besties because those forever friends are there for you via a quick phone call or what even in the middle of the night, regardless of where you live. I'm talking about the people that you interact with physically, interact with where you actually live, the people you walk with, the people you see at the gym, the people that you might invite to the theater, you know, meet for a coffee from time to time. They're kind of like that first tier of friendships, if you want to call it that. And these are often people that when we have more than one home or we move that we often take for granted, don't assume you don't need them. Because I learned the hard way that I do need them and so do you. For example, when I first bought my Paris apartment, I followed the visa rules. I was 90 days in Paris and 90 days out back in the U.S. as an example. But I learned that 90 days was too long to be gone from either place. It's hard to stay in contact when you'll not see each other for three months. That first tier of friendships is, you know, not the deep friendships, not the lifelong friendships in some ways. It's more of a surface level. And therefore, if you're not there, you're really out of the loop. So I now, as an example, made the decision to go back and forth more often so that I keep up with those social connections in both Boston and Paris. So if you are moving or you've recently had a life change or considering a second home as an example, don't underestimate the huge value of keeping and having a community around you of those first tier friendships. We humans actually are basically tribal. And when we have careers, we automatically have those first tier relationships. We have a work tribe. And honestly, we usually don't have the time or the energy to think about creating, say, a home tribe that's outside of our family. But if you work from home, or you've recently ended your corporate career, or the children have left the nest, you need to embrace the importance of the community around you and start thinking about how to create a home tribe. Paris, as an example, is neighborhoods. It's one neighborhood after another. So not only are you in arrondissements, which are like districts, but you're also neighborhoody here, which I find so interesting and actually the foundation of what I call slow living. Now, that leads me to the very last point that I wanna make today that Paris has taught me about slow living, and that is that entertaining in my home is an important aspect of slow living. Welcoming people into your home is a sort of 
uh, I, I want to call it a friendship rite of passage for Parisians. It means a lot to them. And slow living is all about spending time with people and doing the things that, that truly matter to you. Therefore, welcoming people into your home is very different from meeting people in a public space, like a cafe, as an example. In your next chapter, you will find, I promise you, that your home and work lives are not as compartmentalized as they were in previous chapters. If you've got an empty nest, kids have gone off to college, you'll enjoy the quiet for a while, and honestly, then you won't. (laughs) If you're retired from the corporate job, you will be spending way more time in your home than you ever did previously. So whatever your next chapter looks like, whatever it is that you've got planned, fling open the doors to your home and embrace entertaining. Now, I love to entertain. I love to cook. I love linens, napkins, tablecloths. I love porcelain or china, as we call it in America. So entertaining makes me happy. No one cares that I'm not the greatest cook or even the greatest entertainer. I am no Martha Stewart, trust me. I just am good at making people feel comfortable in my home, regardless of how those nibbles might turn out. Remember, slow living is relational. It's not about holding up a vision of perfection. And if you live in a smaller home, just invite less people. It is super rare to find a a large Paris or Boston apartment, and yet people entertain. My Paris home is small. It's a one bedroom, believe it or not. But until I started to entertain in it, it felt like just a stop off place. Once I invited people into my little apartment, it became a home. So over here in Paris, I've hosted morning book club coffees couple of aperitifs, midday teas, all with friends that were kind of on that first level and now suddenly maybe going a little bit deeper. Because the outside world of my life was brought inside my apartment, that suddenly the apartment became a home, not just a stop-off place. You know, what does happen, right? Uh, Friends see your decorating style. They see your family photos that you have on the shelves. They have a coffee, a glass of wine out of all of your cups and saucers. They also, though, see my work piles of files. That's my way of filing. They see the books and magazines that display your interests. Um, You know, they see my super tiny, as an example, water closet, which in Paris, the toilet is typically in a different room from the bathroom. And the super tiny WC, if you want to call it that, is right next to my front door. And nothing's perfect. Absolutely nothing's perfect. But yet the spaces are beautiful. And I think that's what makes it special for people. They see that I'm not perfect. My home isn't perfect. And yet life is good. Life is fantastic. In Paris, inviting someone into your home is a sign of a real person, a true friendship. And that fits so perfect with slow living because it's all about authenticity and being real. Entertaining people in your home certainly pulls back that curtain of perfection that we sometimes like to present out there. And it welcomes in 
the authenticity of your real life. So how do you get started incorporating slow living into your homes? Well, one of the first things actually is an idea that came from that design interior design couple, Nate Burkus and Jeremiah Brent. I love those two guys. They have their clients start clearing using three different colored stickers. One of the stickers is items to keep, let's say one color. Another post-it note might be for the maybes. And a third is for the items that you are going to give away. So, you know, go around, start to look at things. How attached am I to that? Do I abs? Is that an absolute yes? Is that a, I don't know. Is that something I can get rid of? What also you can do is, so you get rid of everything that's on the toss pile or in the toss sticker pile, so to speak. In a couple of weeks, go back and look at the maybes. And in the maybe pile then will become clearer as you start to, you know, embrace slow living in your home, you will start to more clearly see in that maybe pile, do I want to keep them or do I want to give them away? Now, where do you go with all that stuff? Consignment shops in America are a great place to drop off items that you no longer want. Plus, you get, you'll get checks as each one of those items find a new home. In Paris, it's all about the brocants. Uh, you can get rid of things in Paris, but you can also, in Paris, uh, almost every piece of furniture in my apartment, including the lamps, have, were in somebody else's house before. And now they're in mine. So check out the brocants. Um, consignment shops in America, but the, also there's flea markets and great antique fairs, which have a mishmash of all kinds of things. You can also give things away. Ask friends if there's anything that they want. I had these beautiful tulip plates. Uh, of course, it's China. Tulip plates that I brought from Paris um, to my home in the United States. and my friend Martha absolutely fell in love with those tulip plates and didn't have anything like it. And honestly, it was pure joy to hand Martha, you know, a total place setting of an, of those tulip plates. It meant a lot to her. And honestly, it made me probably more happy even than it made her. You know, it's it's in those moments that slow living treasures and Really, it's the foundation of that Parisian joie de vie that we all crave. Joie de vie, slow living, very much alike. So that's it for today's episode. I want to thank you for tuning in. And I hope that you've learned something new about slow living from my experience in Paris. Now, don't forget to subscribe to the show for more episodes on everyday women doing extraordinary things.